All right, it's been a while. Been a minute. Yep, hopefully I'm done with this cold so we can actually record. Might have to pause for coughing a bit. Yeah, here and there. Yeah, it would be a shame if you didn't remember that you read the next chapter. Look, okay, you don't have to call (laughs) me out like this. We already know that some of our listeners are sensitive to me having foreknowledge of uh, events in the books. So Which I is why we to. need to be overt about it. You <laughs> read the next chapter after this one. I, you know, I'm just saying. Yes. <clears throat> it needs to be discussed. Uh-huh. Hello and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series chapter by chapter. And today we are discussing chapter nine of The Lightning Thief. This chapter is called, I Am Offered a Quest, which I feel like is a, you know, little on the nose for what happens in this chapter, but you I mean, know. the previous one's called Recapture a Flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But also there was like a hellhound in that chapter, so, and he got claimed by Poseidon, and there was magic spear that got broken, you know, stuff like that, like, mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> I am a shriveled husk. Living in the attic, or not living, (laughs) residing in the attic, also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host. I'm Old Barnacle Beard. Old Barnacle Beard! Also known as Chris. Would you like to be a bottlenose dolphin to go live with Old Barnacle Beard? I thought about it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Apparently Percy is going to be eventually. Apparently Dionysus has the authority to just, like, turn somebody else's... Some other god's kid into a dolphin. Yeah. Seems like a lot. All right. Anyway. Seems like a lot of uh, power given to these creatures. Gods. Things. How are you doing, Kristen? I'm doing well. I'm much better after, you know, not being sick anymore and uh, broke my toe. Uh, Yeah, it's been an eventful two weeks. Was that in a Capture the Flag game? No, it was uh, moving a chair. Did somebody summon the chair into your workplace because it was, like yeah. wasn't supposed to be oh, there? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it was an epic battle uh-huh. against the chair monster. <laughs> All right? Have we bantered enough? Should we get into this? <laughs> okay. Sure thing. Uh, so this chapter opens up with Percy being real hey, lonely. Hey, hey, what? This podcast opens up with us doing a summary, not a discussion. Oh, it's been a while. I forgot. <laughs> Darn it. <sighs> so, I completely forgot. So we while you dive numbers. directly into the text here. I just, I'm so excited. Why don't you excited. go ahead and move that book aside and look at your bullet point summary dry, directly below that. If you, Since you're so eager, go yeah. ahead and read your bullet right. point summary first. Here's my bullet point summary. In no particular order, except chronological. Except an important order. Yep. The tyranny of freedom. More dreams. Los Angeles. Zeus versus Poseidon. Chiron always has a winning hand. Percy is not the lightning thief. Old hippies speak prophecy through smoke. I bet he forgets all these lines. He's definitely not rescuing his mom. 
who is Hades' spy? And three middle schoolers and a goat try to save the world. Three middle schoolers? Two middle schoolers. Mike, I two middle schoolers and a goat. Okay. Sorry. Try to save the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, they try to save, like, a dad and an uncle or two uncles' uh, relationship. Uh-huh. On an Annabeth's case, two uncles. Uh-huh. But ultimately, the world, as we discussed, the uh, ramifications of what would happen if uh, their fight was left unchecked. Yeah, 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 so. yeah sure. How about right, you? Here's my summary. Cabin three is lonely. Lessons with Luke and Annabeth alone. Menacing newspaper slash bullying. Nightmare. Storm, blue and green fighting. Storm is brewing. Summons to the big house. Mr. D wants to turn Percy into a dolphin. Chiron offers a quest. Zeus's master bolt was stolen. There's a fight. Did Percy steal it? Visit the Oracle. Quest to Hades, Los Angeles, via bus. There you go. You're always so direct. Yeah. <sighs> I'm looking for subtext It's a bullet here. point. Yeah. I'm it is direct. And I'm looking for subtext and themes. I know. <laughs> and you had a good one there with Chiron always has a winning hand. Uh-huh. I liked it. Like, that sentence hit me a lot. And, like, I, I really do want to know more about, like, I want to keep an eye on that. Because the implications of that um, from a metaphorical and storytelling perspective is actually profound. Mm-hmm. All right. So this chapter opens up with Percy being very lonely. Yeah. Uh, he is the sole inhabitant of Cabin 3, Poseidon's yep. Cabin. He gets moved over right after he was starting to feel at home in 11. I mean, and, and And feeling that he might be normal. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have any friends there. I mean, perks, he does, you know, he could sleep in a different bed every night. He writes uh, his own schedule. He writes his own schedule, his own lights out time. Is it a perk time. to sleep in a different bed every night? I don't is know. that a perk? I mean, he's got like six beds in there to choose from. Yeah, but so is that a cool. perk? Because I feel like sleeping in a different bed every night is very uh, uncomfortable and doesn't let my body settle into, like, a comfort routine. Yeah. I mean, you have to change your sheets six times less often. So, there's that. Valid. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're right. They're they're still going to smell vaguely like seaweed. but Probably. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, So, he's really lonely in the cabin despite uh, all this newfound freedom he has, which is why my first bullet point is the tyranny of freedom. Well, yeah, and he also has uh, Cabin 11's afraid to do sword fighting with him. So, he's doing individual lessons with Luke. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's interesting the the very quick turnaround in, like, the respect from the fellow campers because, like, our very last chapter— like, the last page ended on, like, basically everybody bowing down before him and being like, Ermagerd, you're a kid of the big three. Like, we haven't had one of these in years. And everybody's just, like, in awe. And then immediately we go to, no, everybody kind of hates him. Yeah. So it's a very quick shift well, in mood. Well, we already, like, that gives fuel to the fire to the ones that already hated him. Yeah. Like, the the Ares kids already hated him. He uh-huh. broke, what's her name, Spear. Clarice's spear. Yeah. Clarice? Yes. Clarice. Yeah. He broke Clarice's spear. Like, she already hated him. Now she hates him more. Like, and so the, the bullies now feel like they have more power because he also doesn't have a community anymore. Yeah. 
So there's that. Uh, it does have Luke, who is still doing one-on-one sword fighting lessons with. Mm-hmm. Who... And Annabeth's still teaching him Greek when she can focus on it long enough to listen to him. Yeah, uh, very reluctantly. Yeah. Seems... But all she can think about is that it was Poseidon. Uh-huh. And that that ruined everything. She's kind of let her little family squabbles get in the way of this this whole thing. Yep. I guess so. It's a very uh, Montague and Capulet type situation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totes. All right. Don't want to sound uncultured on this podcast about children's literature. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> Which I guess you could say in a sense, you know, Romeo and Juliet is children's literature. Uh, that was a uh, that was a very old school YA novel. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, and then he this all crystallizes about him you know really feeling pushed out of the community when he receives this uh newspaper clipping yep on the front of the steps of the cabin yep you don't know who dropped that off but it's a little clipping of a new york times article about a boy and mother still missing after a freak car accident that's not from the times it's from the new daily 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 news News. sorry sorry it was not a times article i'm uh, citing my sources wrong yeah you are (laughs) I would get 10 points docked for that. So the New York Daily News article about Percy and his mother having disappeared. Yeah. And there's a moment in it which Gabe is quoted as saying that Percy was troubled and had been kicked out of multiple schools. There's no word yet whether or not they suspect Percy. Yeah. Kicked out of multiple schools, uh, has expressed violent tendencies in the past, all of which is true. Like this is What violent tendencies has he exhibited? Uh, he shoved Gabe back through the doorway when they were leaving the house. Yeah, but Gabe <laughs> didn't know that. Uh-huh. He did that with magic. I guess so. That yeah. he didn't know he could do. Yeah. I was just like, Gabe's not lying here, but... <laughs> the violent tendencies thing, I would say, is, is a dramatic overstatement. Mm-hmm. The kid has been bullied. Yeah. But even then, we haven't had discussion of him. Like, he fell into a pond. He got pushed into a fountain. Like, yeah. He d- yeah, that's an unfounded accusation, I think, based on what we've read so far in the text. Uh, true. So he gets really bummed about that. Then he's got a dream. Yes. Then he has a dream. You put Los Angeles as a note in the dream. Um, and upon second reading... I can see that it's a different city yes. than New York because it specifically says not New York. Yes. But the only reference is like palm trees. Palm trees and like hills in the distance. And I was just like, yes, given that- Yes, but Las Vegas has that too. Yes. You know? But like given the, given what is revealed later in the chapter, I feel yeah. like well, we it know might it's, be Well, we know it's Los Angeles, yeah. but like just reading it the first time through, you don't see that that's Los Angeles. Yeah. It could be San Francisco. Correct. There's palm trees and hills in the distance. Not a, not a lot of palm trees in San Francisco, really. Yeah, there are. Not that I noticed. <laughs> At Golden Gate Park, there was tons of palm trees. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so despite the setting, uh, we have these two guys that look like you know TV wrestlers wearing like one's blue, one's green. They're fighting on uh, you know this cityscape. Yeah. Lightning's flashing in the sky. There's a whole storm coming in. Percy is trying to get them to stop fighting. So blue is Zeus. Yes. Poseidon is green. Yes, and we can assume but since we why is Zeus not gold? I feel like Zeus should be gold. I don't know. I mean... Because I feel like Zeus should be gold because the cover of my book is gold and green. Uh-huh. 
And I that that's all. I just feel like that's an important thing on my book. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, we have established that Poseidon is green based on the little uh, Triton hologram that appeared. Yeah, and the house yeah. and, yeah, all that. So, like, so. Poseidon's green for sure, but... Yeah. What did I what did I write in my list about Zeus? Also, Steve texted me and was like, obviously Poseidon's green. The mother <laughs> being blue is its own issue entirely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't have anything written down for Zeus's color. Oh, well. Cool. Uh, anyway, so he runs in, tries to get him to stop fighting, and then hears this mysterious third voice. Yep, and he's he can't get there. And it's just like the last battle with the eagle and the horse or whatever it was on the beach where yeah. he's trying to stop them from fighting and there's a cackling sound coming from under the earth. But this time he falls down into the earth. The earth opens up underneath him and he falls down into probably Hades. Yeah. Still trying to figure out the first dream. I mean, we, we kind of assume the that the eagle is... The first dream is the same as this one. Yes, but is the horse a symbol of Poseidon? I don't know. Because, like, we kind of assumed the eagle would be Zeus because that's associated with him in the mythology, but, like, a horse. I don't feel like we haven't established who the horse is yet. Yeah. Are you looking this up? When I Google Poseidon horse, uh-huh. I get Poseidon himself fathered many horses, best of which known as the winged horse Pegasus. Okay. So Poseidon fathered Pegasus. There's also a lot of artwork, including statues of Poseidon on the seahorse, where the front half is the horse and the bat in it with the tail. All right, maybe you're right. Well, maybe there's no deeper uh, subtext to this, and it's just a reiteration of the same dream. It's even a white horse. Look at that. Yep. Anyway. And apparently, he's the horse god. Cool. That makes sea sense. Sea god, earth shaker, and giver of horses. Those yeah. are the three main aspects of Poseidon. Okay. Well, we probably should have looked that up uh, several chapters ago. Yep. <laughs> probably. Um, so anyway, this is a reiteration of the same dream. He hears a voice uh, beckoning him down into the earth from below. Yep. Some really creepy voice that turns his blood to ice. Uh, and then he wakes up. Yep. And then Grover is standing outside the door of the cabin, beckoning him to go uh, come see Mr. D. Yep. Who wants to kill him? Yep. I love that. I love that Grover says that. Mr. D wants to kill, uh, talk to you. Yep. Wants to talk to you. Yep. Wants to kill you, talk you to you, talk, talk to you. Yeah. Uh, so he'd been expecting a summons uh, for days now. Mm -hmm. He's just like, you know, this has been revealed and nobody's really talked to him about it yet. Uh, so he gets there and on the way in, there's this storm rolling in. We'll get to that later. But the storms, but it never rains here. Never rains here. Unless they wanted to. Yeah. On Half-Blood Hill. Uh, then he shows up. Mr. D is peeved. But they're playing Pinochle with two invisible hands. Yes. So there, there, there are four players, but two of them are just floating cards in the air. Yes. Is now, one of them Annabeth. Yeah. Later in this <laughs> chapter, it's going to be revealed that Annabeth is here. But was Annabeth playing Pinnacle? Was there actually another person here? Or were these both being controlled by someone else? Is Dionysus in league with Hades and the, the spy is another invisible person who's actually at this table with Annabeth and Chiron and Dionysus and they that 
that would be incredibly obvious if uh i feel like if i had a spy in the camp i wouldn't consort with them and play pinnacle at a table with them I'm like just that saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. um anyway uh yeah mr d is really otherwise is mr d just playing three hands against chiron in which case chiron winning is even more uh impressive <sighs> yeah uh so let's talk about why mr d is so ticked off here well he doesn't like anybody like he's he's i mean he's basically just like don't expect me to submit myself to you just because your father is more powerful than i am uh-huh. also like your father's a fool you know uh-huh so mr d does not like being at this camp in any way this is a punishment yeah this, this is absolutely a punishment uh-huh so why is he upset about something that's going to disrupt the way the camp operates because that's it seems like that's why he's he wants to kill percy here because percy's throwing a wrench into this whole thing uh you would think anything that like i mean well, your question is why does dionysus want to kill yes percy yes I mean, there's lots of different reasons that that could be, one of which is just because of the the instability that it causes to have one of the big three break their vow. Uh-huh. Um, one of them could just be that he doesn't want the status quo upset because he hates this job and doesn't want... Like, the last thing I want to deal with at a job that I hate is new rules and new changes and chaos. New cups. Like, I already, I already hate the job. <laughs> Like, if you add a complication to it, I have to have reached a level of, like, lethargy to accept change easily at a job that I hate. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. So, like, Mr. D hates this job, and any changes make his life more complicated, not less. Yeah. And he doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah. Those are those are my initial thoughts. Understandable. Uh, but, yeah, Percy comes in, and... Uh... Dionysus is just like, yeah, if I had my way, I'd kill you right now. Yeah. Like, I'd make your head, specifically, make all of your molecules erupt in flames. Spontaneous human combustion. And then, uh, Chiron is just like, yeah, that would be, uh, you know, a form of harming him, and you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah. And Mr. D is like, he wouldn't even feel it. That's not harm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's just, he's just suddenly unexisted. Um, <laughs> unexisted uh-huh. i like that true uh but he'll settle for turning him into a dolphin but there is a it's sending him back to his father yeah there is a very reluctant plan c if he did though here's the real question <laughs> if if mr d just was like poof you're a dolphin go back to your father yeah and he went up to us like he swam down into the ocean and his father was just like yep boom you're a real boy yeah. send him back yeah <laughs> like it's, it's a very complicated game of ping pong <laughs> That's, that's what I'm picturing in my head. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, it's like, well, I guess there's a third option. It's stupid, but it exists. Uh, he's got to get a quest. Yeah. So. Which isn't spelled out explicitly like that. Like, he's like, Chiron wants to talk to you about yeah. another option. I have to go to Mount Olympus. If you're still here <sighs> when I get back, uh-huh. I'm turning you into a dolphin. He, uh, he, he poofs and, and, and. You know, goes off to Mount Olympus. I think... He takes a little uh, pinnacle card with him. Yeah. I Turns think... Turns it into a security key question mark? Yeah. 
to get into Mount Olympus. So I thought that was pretty obvious. Yeah, I know, but it, it it's it's giving us information that Percy's going to need later. Okay, you think that's a uh, you think that's a Chekhov's gun? Yeah. Thing. Cool. Yeah. Isn't Chekhov's gun like not actually the murder weapon, or is that the one that's introduced early on? It's the one introduced early on. Okay. Okay. It's okay. the it's the MacGuffin that's a big set piece because it's going to be used later. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Get, anywho, I'm getting that mixed up with red herring. Yeah. One's a fish. Well, one's a gun. <laughs> Basically the same thing when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> True. To a person with a fish allergy, they're both just as deadly. <laughs> so I think. Uh, there's a little bit of misdirection going on here. I don't know if it's intentional or not, where I think we're being led to think that Mr. D might be involved somehow in these hijinks and is like actively... I don't think so. I mean, if you perceive it that way, then yes. But it wasn't until I was talking to you earlier in on the podcast yeah. that I considered the possibility of Mr. D being involved in this. Because... My my knee jerk reaction based on everything initial reading is nah this guy just doesn't want to do this yeah uh, so I was responding to your to that yeah yeah that's I, I don't read that in the text okay I cool. read that in the invisible hands possibly but like yeah you know whatever so anyway Dan Isis leaves uh, they sit down with Kyron and he's just like so. Things. Stuff. Oh, what do you wh- think of the Hellhound? Wh- <laughs> uh, and then doesn't really let him answer before he's just like, well, you're going to get a quest. Are you going to accept it? And he's just like, wait, what? I don't know anything about the quest. And Chiron's just like, well, that's how it works. Yeah. You're going to accept a quest because like, you, you accept it first and then you find out what it is. Which seems, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a little entrapment-y. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's a little bit of a, a yeah. little bit of a trap. Like, yeah. you have to agree to do this before you can find out what it entails. And 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 I don't think that that's going to always be the case with quests. Uh-huh. But I feel like there's a specific reason. Like Chiron even says when Percy says why, Chiron says because if you know the details before, you wouldn't do it. You won't do it. Yeah. You'd rather be a dolphin. It's like telling 17-year-old kids they have to, like, pick a college to go to and set off on their life path when they don't know what that means yet. Yeah. They're just like, hey, yeah, you're 17, you don't know what it means to be an adult, but, uh, yeah, commit to doing this for the next four years. Yeah. I mean... But this is worse because he's 12. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it could kill him. Yeah, but also (laughs) so could being turned into a dolphin. Like, the very nature of his existence as Poseidon's son has already put him at risk. He's already been chased by a minotaur, by a fury, by a hellhound. Like, and we're only in chapter nine. Yeah. Like, he's he's definitely, like, in a position where there is a lot more danger just because of his existence. So the idea of him picking up a quest that could kill him is giving him tools to defend himself more so than it is putting him in additional harm. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it comes down to his only options being he either, like, stays in the camp forever and faces the wrath of Dionysus, or he goes on this quest that might kill him, but staying here definitely will. 
Yeah. So I guess when you're faced with those two possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I mean, with that said, why did Chiron make him take up the quest before telling him when the options were die or die? Yeah. You know, be a dolphin or die. Well, that that um, I'm going to address this a few times in this chapter, uh, specifically later when we have this issue with Chiron and Percy talking. It seems like Chiron's holding something back or lying to him. Um. Chiron, as read in the book, is somebody who's been doing this exact same thing for like 3,000 years. Yeah. You would think at this point he'd be very, very, very good at it. But no, we have Chiron who's been uh, training up heroes and educating and doing this kind of thing for millennia now versus a 12-year-old. Yeah. You would think like Chiron could very, very, very easily manipulating him and manipulate him into doing whatever he wants. So, I don't know. Is Chiron bad at this, or is he intentionally being kind? What part is kind, though? Like, that he's not manipulating Percy? Is that the part that's kind? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, sure. I don't know, I, I just... Uh, there's a few lines I'll point out later after we get through the whole Oracle thing. Uh, however, uh, Kieran kind of lays this whole thing out. Yeah. Uh, being like, here's the, here's the issue. Zeus's master bolt got stolen. Yeah. So that's his uh, his prototype from which all lightning bolts were derived from. And I think it's interesting that, like, with all this talk about, like, the gods and magic and whatnot, this is p- painted in a very, like, technological kind of way. Yeah. And just being like, oh, no, this is Zeus's lightning bolts. They're a physical object, and, like, he made one, and, like, there's a bunch of copies floating around out there. Yeah. But, like... This is a thing that's, you know, this this bronze staff that's tipped with uh, god-level explosives. Yeah. Well, and that, that said, we also had something happen here that you skipped over. Did in I? that when Percy uh, comes and talks to Chiron after Dionysus leaves, Percy says, something's been stolen. Uh-huh. And... Zeus and Poseidon are fighting. Yes. Like, and that's when Grover's like, I knew it. This was his quest. Uh Uh-huh. Because the fact that it's been revealed to him in a dream means that it confirms that it is the quest. Yeah. That he's meant to do or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, so you kind of skipped over that, but go ahead and continue. Yeah. Um, But Chiron lays out the stakes and then points out, hey... This thing's been stolen, and Zeus by the way, Zeus, Zeus thinks it's you. So you have uh, the full attention and wrath of Zeus coming down on you as well. Yeah, and so. on Half-Blood <laughs> Hill, because the storm rolling in. Yeah. That's Zeus punishing everybody here. Yeah. Which is Percy putting that together, not not Chiron saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, thinks it's Percy... Uh, if it's not solved, obviously this is going to turn into something worse than World War Three. Yeah, like, well, because the and this is where we finally get the ex- explanation of the solstice, which is of course ten days away from all of this conversation. Yes, uh, that Zeus has demanded that Poseidon return the bolt uh-huh. by the solstice, and Poseidon has demanded an apology by the same time yes. for being called a thief. Family drama. <laughs> Uh, but this is where their conflict is going to erupt on the solstice if this isn't returned by then. Yes. And it's been missing since 
the previous solstice, which of course was around Christmas. Yeah. And that was when Percy was in New York. They, they laid out all the logical reasons why it could have been Percy that yeah. took the bolt and why Zeus is kind of right to assume it was him. Yeah. But also we finally have this discussion of uh, the gods not being able to directly usurp each other's power. They have to work through humans. Yeah. And a human hero could have stolen the lightning bolt. Yeah. Which I think is crazy. Like that's, I mean, I know that that's all the, the legends and and. I know that's all in the legends and stuff like that. And that's why we have heroes like Heracles and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I just find it interesting the way that it's approached here. And Percy's just like, yeah, so my dad's using me. And they're like, yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Uh, and also isn't the the time frame with uh, during which the bolt went missing around the same time frame we've established that several of the Camp Half-Blood students went to Olympus. Yeah. So... Somebody from there. Yeah. Well, you know it has to have been a human hero. Yeah. And there were students there. Yeah. Percy wasn't among them, but Percy was in New York, and they believe that somehow he got into Mount Olympus. Yeah. yeah. Like, was Zeus not there? To, like, do we not think Zeus is wise enough to be like, hmm, there were several people here from Half-Blood here. Percy wasn't one of them. Definitely a son of Poseidon was not among them. I would have known. You would think he'd be aware of that on some level. Except that he thinks that Percy broke in during this stuff while everyone was distracted. Yeah. I don't know. Somehow. Cool. Um, anyway, and so basically there's going to be a war. If uh, this thing boils over, uh, how that... Days. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, the weather's going to go crazy, like uh, there's going to be destruction, carnage, etc., etc. Um, so that's Percy's quest, theoretically. To he's find, gotta, the light, find he's, and return the lightning bolt. He's got to go get the lightning bolt and make all this happen within 10 days and personally deliver it to Zeus, who thinks that he took it in the first place. Yep. How that's going to go over, I don't know, because that doesn't necessarily change Zeus's mind about him stealing it in the first place. Well, Zeus <laughs> demanded it be returned by the, by, by the solstice, so yeah. it... I don't know if it matters all that much, but Zeus just demanded it be returned by the solstice. So. Yeah. Zeus could still just be like, thanks, and then kill him anyway for taking it if he believes he still did it. Yeah. But that's the risk you take, I guess. But if other heroes go with him, like if Grover goes with him. Yeah. Uh, also, we don't ever call Zeus crazy. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't yeah. use the C word. Don't about, use the C word around him. About the Lord of Storms. Uh, but before he does this, um, Percy, uh, even after he's agreed to the quest, he's going to receive some wisdom. He needs to know something about what he's going to face. And so to that end, he's got to go talk to the Oracle. Yes. And so we've had the Oracle mentioned before uh, as like where they receive these prophecies. Chiron has referred to at least one prophecy. And Annabeth has referred to a prophecy. That yes. her prophecy involves going on a quest. Does everybody get a prophecy? You get a prophecy. You get a prophecy. I think everybody gets a prophecy Prophecy if they're going on a quest, but I don't yeah. think everyone gets a prophecy. Yeah. Like, I don't think any of the normies get a prophecy. Okay. Only if they're going on a quest. Yeah. That so. would be my assumption. Okay. Based on how this is presented, yeah. but... So it's not like special event night at like a Pentecostal church. No. Everybody gets a prophecy. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, that joke for a very small subset of our listeners. Yep. <laughs> Who will get that? Um, anyway, so he goes upstairs, uh, 
dark, dirty basement full basement. of uh, upstairs. Ba- you know, the upstairs basement. Yep. Dark, dirty attic, um, full of you know cobwebs and dust and all sorts of relics from other times and places. And it smells like reptiles. It does smell like reptiles. Uh, there's some trunks that are plastered with stickers saying things like Ithaca and Circe's Isle and Land of the Amazons. Uh, so that's a fun little nod to uh, some mythology there. Uh, jars filled with parts of dead things. Like, really creepy place in general. Uh, and then the centerpiece of this whole basement There's is... a reference in here to um, Woodstock, too, right? Yes. Uh, a plaque reading Hydrahead Number 1, Woodstock, New York, 1969. Okay. So apparently in the, uh, in the lore of the... What do we call this series? The, the Olympians, yeah, Percy, Percy Jackson. Jackson and the Olympians. In the lore of the Percy Jackson and the Olympians universe, uh, there was some sort of Hydra incursion at the Woodstock Music mm-hmm. Festival. Yeah. When <laughs> that everybody's forgotten about conveniently. Yeah, they put a mist on them. Yeah. That's why the drugs were so good. <laughs> there you go. Yep. The man the universe explanations. Uh, but the centerpiece of this room is an old dead hippie. Uh, like yeah, I mean it is it is essentially a, a mummified body that's not wrapped up in cloth, but is dressed as a hippie. Yes, with like the beads and yeah, everything, tie dye and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So, hey, look, there's just a, a corpse in this room. But then, from out of the corpse, yep, comes this I mean, green mist. It would have startled him even if it hadn't sat up and opened its mouth. Yeah, sits up, this green mist pours out and starts taking some sort of shape. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, this is just like a shell for something that's living in here. Like, mummy's not speaking to me, there's there's something else. Speaking through it. Uh, and here's voice introducing itself as the spirit of Delphi. Uh, speaker of the prophecies of Phoebus Apollo, slayer of the mighty Python. Approach and ask. And so the Oracle of Delphi comes upon him. Yes. And his question is, what is my destiny? Uh-huh. And he's just like, this feels much more like uh, my encounter with the fates, where this isn't necessarily evil. This is just something very old and powerful that yeah. you know, I probably shouldn't mess with. Yeah, so it's not giving him monstrous vibes yeah it's giving him intimidating old vibes yeah uh so he asks as you said what's my destiny and then he sees a vision of uh gabe and his poker buddies around the table who are all speaking to him yep so each of the four of them deliver a line yes uh and he gets this little prophetic vision uh and i know we're not doing direct comparisons between uh, this series and narnia Mm -hmm. however this did definitely uh ring some bells for me where uh in 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 what book was it silver chair when a silver chair opens with aslan delivering this four-line prophecy of of things that are kind of half truths well he gives instructions instructions which it's not a prophecy it's instructions you need to remember to do these things but but could be interpreted in multiple different ways yeah and that's what Chiron says about these lines that he gets here, just being like, don't take them at face value. They could have double meanings. Yeah. Uh, but you need to remember this stuff. And that's why I put down, I bet he forgets all of these lines. I, I don't bet think it... he forgets any of it. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't think he necessarily forgets, but it's going to slip out of his mind through the course of the quest. And then when something happens, he's just going to be like, oh, that's what that meant. 
Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he gets betrayed. Oh, okay. I get it now. Yeah. So that's going to happen. Um, so here are the four lines. You shall go west and face the god who is turned. You shall find what was stolen and see it safely returned. And it rhymed turned with turned there, which I think is low effort. But Turned with returned. Yeah, yeah, which is still a low effort rhyme. Yep. Um, you shall be betrayed by Are one... Are you criticizing the Oracle of Delphi? Yes. How dare you? <laughs> you shall be betrayed by the one who calls you a friend. The one or a by one? one I'm, by one, I'm sorry that I'm introducing words here. You shall be betrayed by one who calls you a friend, and you shall fail to save what matters most in the end. Mm-hmm. So, there we go. Obviously don't know what any of that means yet. We're going to talk about the first two lines a little bit with Chiron, but uh, Percy's going to be an idiot and not share the uh, last two with him. Do you think that that's him being an idiot, or do you think that that's going to be important because we find out later that Annabeth was here this whole time for this conversation? You think Annabeth's going to betray him? I don't know. At no point has she called him a friend, so. Yeah. (laughs) True. Uh and since we don't talk about that line later, I, I would like to talk about that one now uh, because the last two stuck out with me because, you know, they are really impactful and he doesn't actually share them with anybody. Uh, so you shall be betrayed by one who calls you a friend. Yeah. I and thought you, the wording on that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, you pointed out this wording at some point uh, right after reading where it's not someone Percy calls a friend. Yes. It's someone who calls Percy friend. Yes. And I find that interesting because that's like, it's going to be, I don't, I I don't know if it's going to be important, but it feels like it's going to be an important distinction. Yeah. Like I'm, I was trying to read through these and see double meanings behind any of them. Yeah. Uh, and the first two lines are pretty hard to, to uh, reinterpret in other ways. Yeah. Um, and then the final line, you shall fail to save what matters most in the end. I think that's going to be that he doesn't get his mother back. Oh, for sure. I mean, I wrote that down as, uh, he's not rescuing his mom. Yeah. For sure. (sighs) Um, is that what matters most though? I mean, it matters most to Percy. So. Yeah. In terms of his prophecy, that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, could be his own life. It could be his reputation. It could be any number of things, but. Well, given that there's four it could more be books, a that possibility of a relationship with his father. Yeah, could be being able to come back to Camp Half Blood. He could still end up getting banished into the world as a potential threat because of the fact that he is Poseidon's son yeah. in violation of their agreement. Yeah. Um, given there's four more books in this series, I don't think he dies in this one. <laughs> yeah. Just, but I, th- I think anything else is uh, on the table and is fair game there. Yeah. Um. So. Oracle delivers this prophecy, then just sits disappears, back down. and he is left alone in the attic. He wanders back down. He talks to Kyron and Grover, who have been waiting for him, uh, and she's just like, or Percy is like, yeah, she said I would recover what was stolen, and Grover's just like, awesome, problem solved, great, I'm going to keep munching on this Diet Coke can. Uh, and then Kyron's just like, no, what did she say, like, exactly, like, word for word. Yeah. What is, what is said here? Uh, and... Percy decides to share half of it. Yeah. He's just like, well, nothing else. Doesn't matter. Well, and also in his mind, this is, you know, him being told he's going to fail. Uh-huh. He's going to see what was stolen returned. Yeah. 
but he's still gonna fail yeah and then Chiron is just like well either way don't worry about it like she speaks in riddles it has double meanings it's probably not what you think is gonna happen anyway yeah so and then I wanted to point this out uh there's a quote I got the feeling he knew I was holding back something bad and he was trying to make me feel better I'm sorry that wasn't the line you can cut all that out (laughs) I thought that was going somewhere else. Well, no, no, because Percy, Percy knows, or Chiron knows, Percy knows that Chiron knows that Percy's not being completely open about it. Yes. But also, through this conversation, Chiron brings up his own prophecy, and Percy knows that Chiron's holding back on the full extent of that prophecy. Yes. And he's like, well, I can't feel bad for that because I'm also holding back. Thank you for putting that more, much more succinctly than I could at the moment. <laughs> uh and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, about Kyron not being as good at this as he should. Because, like, if somebody with, like, all these millennia of experience can't play his cards closer to his chest, <laughs> see what I did there? And be like, if if Percy can perceive that Kyron's lying to him, Kyron's failed. I mean, this that's like, part of storytelling that's necessary, yeah, though. Yeah, yes. It's just like, it's not a character flaw, I know. It's written intentionally. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's talk about, in this conflict between Zeus and Poseidon, obviously, Percy was not the one who stole the lightning bolt. Well, yeah, and we point out, like, hey, who would benefit from this conflict? Who would benefit? Who would gain something? Could it be Satan? That's Hades, sorry. (laughs) It's not the devil. It's kind of the devil. Uh, and Chiron's just like, yeah, no, Lord of the Dead, only possibility. Don't even entertain other thoughts. Totally Hades. Yeah. So I guess we spelled out the big bad, uh, at least for this book right away. <laughs> yeah. It's like a... Well, and that's, I mean, we confirm like, hey, yeah, the Furies answer to Hades. The Hellhound yeah. is from Hades' domain. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we don't even talk about the fact that Percy dreamed about falling into the earth. Yeah. But he didn't we, mention that part of the dream. We do have the confirmation now, and this is the delightful moment where we find out that, uh, well, of course, the Mount Olympus is in America and in New York on the Empire State Building. Well, so, well, 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 obviously, well, where's the entrance to Hades? Well, before that, uh, we mentioned that Hades has to have a spy in the camp. Oh yeah, you you want to know about this? This is this is probably the betrayal by someone who calls him a friend. Yeah. Do we think? Do you think we've met the spy already? I think so. Yeah, for sure. I think we. Ha- I think we have. Do we think it's Luke? I don't know. Who has anybody called Percy a friend yet? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So I think that we have yet to reveal it, but it's it's going to be there. Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking, too. It's going to be a very literal thing where somebody refers to him as friend, and then we're just like, oh, okay. Speak friend and enter Melon. Um, But yeah, uh, I think it's Luke. I'm going to keep thinking it's Luke. Yeah. Clarice is too obvious. Yeah. Like, she's too antagonistic, and she'd be a terrible spy if that was the case. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I for sure absolutely think Luke stole the, the thing. You think bolt. that Luke stole the lightning bolt, but you don't think he's going to betray? I don't. Percy? I don't. Nec- I don't think he's necessarily the spy. I think there could be two people working on this. Wow. So I don't know. I mean, if he stole it and gave it to Hades, how is Luke not then the spy? You yeah. think he didn't summon the Hellhound? Is what you're saying? 
Yeah, I you think, think someone else summoned the hellhound. Yeah, I think he was busy. Like, I mean, he was he was the one who was leading the charge to capture the flag. Like, he was surrounded by his team the entire time. How is he gonna valid? But summon it the could hellhound? have been summoned earlier. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, like, because the question at that point is, you know, this spy who summoned was it somebody involved in the game? Because the entire camp was involved in the game. Well, it had to have either been summoned earlier or been summoned by someone who wasn't. In direct center of the action in the game. Yeah. So. It would be crazy if it was Grover. You think so? I mean, I, I don't want to create a new, like, vast conspiracy theory about how, like, the half-goat guy is actually the one behind all the events in this book. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like that's just derivative. Yeah. <laughs> of your tumness. Gro- uh, Grover's not the mastermind here. Oh, you, no, you don't I mean, think I just, so? I just have this thing against fawns, you know? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Uh, what's the difference between a fawn and a satyr? That's that's the real question. So fawn and satyr are mythical creatures having similar physical appearance but coming from two different origins um, and have natures contrasting one another. The main difference between fawn and satyr is that fawns appear to be handsome whereas satyrs are deemed unattractive according to Greek standards for physical appearance. They're often defined as clumsy and grotesque. Fawns are human from torso up and goats from... Uh, below but fawns apparently have human feet i don't know fawns have a roman origin and they were said to be naturally inhibited in forests they are very gentle satyrs are greek origin version of fawns cool they also have a human torso and goat below but they have hooves of goats instead of human feet they are known to be followers of the wine god yeah cool so if anything, it would make more sense for Grover to be a, a hidden mastermind. Fawns are born with natural horns. Satyrs need to earn their horns. Mm-hmm. Did we establish that uh, Grover has some horns yet? Mm, I... Yeah, under his curly hair. Yeah. Cool. Glad we have cleared that up. Shall we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Karen's just like, yeah, it has to be the Lord of the Dead. He's going to attempt to kill you, by the way. Not only do you have to watch out for Zeus and, uh, you know... You have to watch out for Pades himself and all of these monsters that he's going to send after you personally, because this is all his doing. So no pressure at all. And then Grover's just like, why can't we take a quest to Maine? Maine's pretty nice this time of year. Maine yeah. sounds like a fun little trip. Because because the weight of what is actually being uh, attempted here, yeah. as soon as this discussion of the fact that Hades is involved. Yeah. Like, ooh, that's a, that's a bit much for Grover. Uh, but Percy is is ready. He's just like you know. Percy what? has that in still stirring up in him of like anticipation as and, opposed to fear. And his mom's in the underworld, so it's just like, yeah, I'm gonna go down there and you know kick some hellhound butt and take on Hades and get my mom back. Like he's riled up for this. Yep. Uh. So all that uh all that unearned confidence that he has. Yep. Uh, Typical white man. Which he is allowed to do because apparently he's a hero. Yep. Which, and he can go down there, whereas I Zeus need and, a hero! Zeus and Poseidon couldn't enter another god's realm yep. uh, uninvited. Correct. Uh, but heroes can. They can go anywhere, do Chiron anything. Chiron also thinks that this is a big part of why Poseidon decided to claim Percy right, right then and there. Yeah. And that him claiming him provided the opportunity for percy to be able to do this yeah like chiron is like telling percy yeah your dad's using you which we already talked about yeah them daddy issues yep just like 
Yeah. Knocks he my only mom up, claimed you because he needed you. Disappears for 12 years and then, uh, oh, hey, look, he needs me for something. Yep. Finally shows up. Uh, really looking forward to the inevitable conversation that happens between Percy and his dad. I do not think that happens this book. Yeah. I'm sure it happens at some point. Uh, but you're really curious as to how that's going to go. Yeah. Anyway, and then we talk about uh, where we got to go. To Los Angeles, the gateway to Hades, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, naturally. If New York is the gateway to Olympus, L.A., obviously. totally. You know, there's it's little, always in the West. Yeah. There's a little, little nightclub down there called Lux. And that's where, that's where it is. Yeah. Um, so, as... And I wanted to talk about this with you on the podcast. Uh, as people who live in... Uh, relatively close proximity to LA. We've been there a number of times. Uh, we're familiar. Uh, where in LA would you think the gateway to Hades would be? Because like New York, we have the Empire State Building. Yeah. So, Does Hades involve a mountain at all? It's the underworld, but is there a mountain at all associated with it? Maybe. I mean, there's a river. There's a river. I mean, like the LA River is uh, probably going to end up being sticks or something like that. Yeah. And they're going to have to cross it. Yeah. But there's also, if there was a mountain or something, I would be like, oh, it's going to be like the Hollywood sign in Griffith Observatory and stuff like that. Or Yeah. I don't know. I, it's probably just going to be the river. Yeah. Seems boring, but. Yeah. Mm. We'll see. I mean, the Empire State Building is a boring option for Olympus. It's actually the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. There you go. You got to get on the Ferris wheel to Hades. Yep. And jump, <laughs> jump into the water. <laughs> It didn't look like it went this low when we got on. Oh, <laughs> man, we just keep uh, circling down, don't we? Yep. Oh, man. Um, that would be really fun. I, I do agree with you. I think it's going to be the river. And then they're going to get there and, like, you know, be like, oh, yeah, it's a river sticks, et cetera, et cetera. Where's all the water? Where's my water powers? Can't use that here. Yep. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Cool. Uh, and then we start forming a fellowship. Yep. We have, uh, you have my goat teeth. Yeah. And you have my invisibility cap. Yeah. Uh, so Grover immediately signs up. Uh, he doesn't necessarily think he'd be wanted, but he's just like, if you want me there, you know, if you want me there, I'll volunteer. Yeah. Only if you want me, though. Only if you need me there. I'm not just going to jump in. Yeah. Because uh, Grover's very hesitant here. Uh, but Percy's just like... Heck yeah, want you aboard. Grover joins up, and then Annabeth kind of just materializes in the corner of the room. She was there listening this entire time. Yeah. Which uh, Tyron doesn't say anything about. He doesn't chide her for that, being like, hey, you've been spying on this entire thing. He's just like, cool, whatever, she's here. Well, he probably knew she was there. Yeah, she was playing pinochle. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think it was her. I don't know why she'd sit there and play invisible. Like, uh -huh. that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. So. That's the thing, because when I went to do my rewrite, I thought about rewriting this from her perspective, uh -huh. and I was going to put her invisibly playing Pinochle, and I was like, why would she be doing that? Yeah. Why would they let her? Yeah. And then I was like, well, then she's going to come up after he goes up to see the Oracle. Yeah. Or she's just going to follow him up from the beginning because she sees Grover come up to collect him. Yeah. How but much if did that's she... the case, why? yeah, how much of this has she heard? How much of it does she know? Like, how long has she been there? Yeah. And so I had to change my rewrite because I couldn't do it from that perspective because there was too many, like, I don't want to assume anything about what she heard. Yeah. 
do you think she followed him into the attic and was there listening to the Oracle's prophecy and she knows what was said? I don't know. There would have, I feel like there would have been an implication of like an extra sound, but the door slammed shut behind him. Uh-huh. So she would have had to be like right behind him, bumping into him coming up that ladder. Yeah. I just think that would be interesting if she actually heard the entire thing. Yeah. But. I don't know. Cool. Uh, anyway. So, uh, obviously, they can't take a plane. Stupid. Like, yeah. he suggests flying out there, and Karen's just like, what, are you an idiot? Like, Zeus is lord of the air. He's, yeah. He would, he would take that whole plane down and kill everybody on board just to get to you. Seems kind of extreme, but, you know, it would happen. I mean, the gods uh, are not exactly known for their temperance. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's why Percy's mom always kept him off airplanes. Yep. She, she, she had, said it was because they didn't have money. She knew her thing or two. And again, this comes back to, like, the three months that she spent with Poseidon. Like, you know, the, that entire time was just him giving her the entire rundown about how to protect, how, how to her, protect son. Her, her son. Being like, all right, this is what you're going to need to do for the next 12 years. Which, I mean, makes significantly more sense if you think about the fact that Poseidon wasn't supposed to father any children. Yeah. Just being like, yeah. It does make a whole lot more sense for him to have given her as much information as he did to keep Percy from being found out uh-huh when this was when poseidon was very specifically sworn to not father a child like yeah. having percy be found out is a death sentence to the kid but also like if poseidon did have be found out as fathering a child it would violate his oath yeah and so he needed to give her all the information that he could in order to keep from his oath violation being found out rather yeah. than being so loving and caring mm-hmm also, do the gods understand nothing about birth control? Does it does it work <laughs> for god sperm? Who knows? I'm just like, seems like there's a really easy way around this. If they if they still want to go and uh, seduce mortal women, mm-hmm. like or men, I guess in Athena's case, but you would think they'd have some means at their disposal to uh, ensure this didn't happen, unless they want to father these children, which is a whole thing in and of itself. Being like, yeah, we made this agreement, but yeah, I still want another kid. Okay. <laughs> don't know. Don't know. Cool. Uh, anyway, so they got to take a bus. They got to. They got to hoof it. They're doing entirely land-based transportation because you know you can't exactly get to LA uh, via way of the ocean unless you want to go do the, very long the, way. the long way around. Which we don't have time for that. Uh, we only have ten days. Yeah. Uh, and then. Annabeth is just like, yeah, no, I've been waiting for this the entire time. Like, I got a prophecy that you're going to be involved in a quest of mine, and this is my quest too, and I'm coming whether you like it or not. So. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, Karen's just like. It's a trio like, then. Yep, it's a trio. We'll Which take you to the bus Percy terminal. Percy says. We'll take you to the bus terminal in Manhattan, and after that, uh, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Two middle schoolers and a goat. <laughs> have fun taking on satan (laughs) good luck uh and that's the chapter yep i think we covered everything i think so pretty thorough in that one yeah i mean we're already over an hour four times so it had been a while we had a lot to say uh cool what do we do next our favorite sentence all right i actually have one ready this time crazy i'm prepared would you like to go first or would you like me to go first I'll go ahead and go first. Okay. Um, I was really surprised 
that you didn't use this sentence in your initial introduction uh-huh. because it kind of really hit on that loneliness aspect that Percy was feeling. And it just stood out to me as like kind of him being very self-aware uh-huh. of what his needs are and what he wants. Yeah. Uh, and it's Percy saying, I'd rather get into fights every day than be ignored. Yeah. And I think it was just like a really intense and and self-reflective moment of Percy revealing like how actually in touch he is with his own feelings. Yeah. And he's what his needs are. Growing and maturing a little bit. And this four days he spent at camp. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Here's mine. Kyron laid his cards on the table. A winning hand he hadn't gotten to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that one too. <sighs> so, my uh, my statement about Kyron always having a winning hand, I think that's going to come back to play uh, a few times. Yeah. With a... <clears throat> For sure. So, I don't know. I bet something tragic happens to Kyron in, in one of these books. Maybe not necessarily this one, but... You think he calls Percy friend? I don't know. I think he I think he dies at some point. Mm-hmm. He he would be my the first on my list of being like, if we're going to have an impactful character death, it's going to be Kyron. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least he'd be first. That's my prediction. You mean besides Percy's mom? <sighs> yeah, but we barely, I mean, yeah. She was realistically in two chapters. Like, we barely got to know her. Like, I think we're going to see her again. She's going to show up in the underworld, and then Percy's going to realize that she can't come back, and it's going to be a whole thing. Like, that's going to be super emotional. Yeah. But we'll see, obviously. All right. What do we do next? Next, we do our rewrites. Cool. Cool. Uh, <laughs> would you like me to do mine first? Are we trading a back and forth seas? Can do. We're trading back and forth seas. That's how people say that, right? Yeah. I think I, I think that we probably did the same thing. Did we? <laughs> what did you do? The oracle. Uh-huh. Did you do the oracle? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so we did the same thing. Read it from the perspective of the oracle. Yeah. What uh, what tone did you take with it? Here's mine, then. Okay. (laughs) My domain is settled. I rest. Not complacent, but vigilant. Days and eons are the same. Nothing has changed. The door opens, and another hero approaches. If time mattered here... I'd say this hero is late. I am stirred from my vigilant rest and the words flow, unlocked through me as an instrument, delivered to the boy hero, son of Poseidon. And now I rest again, awaiting another god or hero. Very poetic. Hmm. I went a very different direction with it. I I uh, I did choose the oracle. Uh, but, uh, here's mine. Um, for, for this rewrite, any coughing that I do is intentional. (laughs) I want to point that out. Okay. (coughs) Dude, another one already? Seems like the last one just left. Unless. Isn't that pizza finally here? Ordered that sweet, sweet Hawaiian pie like 20 years ago. Figured it might be a while when the dude behind the counter wouldn't stop screaming. Bro needed to chill, big time. But, oh man, this kid's like way too young to have a job. 
And he's not even carrying anything. Little bro must be here for a prophecy. All right, all right. <coughs> Looks like you're going on a tasty little L.A. vacay, my guy. Better pack it heavy. It's going to be a hell of a trip. There's my... <laughs> that was my take on the Oracle. There you go. Uh. All right, well... <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed Chapter 9 of The Lightning Thief. And yeah, do you like you can... the, it's going to be a hell of a trip line? That's, yes, that's clever. Chris. Yes, it's so clever. <laughs> it's also the third or fourth time you've made the, the Hell Hades joke. I, I'm you sorry. did it like three times in the last episode. Yes, did I? yes, it's funny. Yes, it's great. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. I quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Find another co host. You're going to find another co host? No, I so. said, did you find another oh, co host? Oh, me. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed Chapter 9 of The Lightning Thief. Uh, you can join us again next time for Chapter 10, I Ruin a Perfectly Good Bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, apparently. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, if you want to interact with, the, with us, you can do so at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can email us your fan art of uh, the palm trees in L.A., at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on patreon.com and get nothing in return at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast. Chris, do you have any closing advice for our listeners before we go? Uh, if you've got beef with Zeus, don't get on a plane. Oh, yeah, don't get on a plane. And mine was going to be, like, if you're coughing out green mist, maybe go to a doctor and don't just assume you've got a prophecy. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I just realized I didn't actually have my character picked out. Oh, how dare you. I know. And my co-host here. Oh, sorry. And this is my co-host. I said that right. I I was trying to think of the pronunciation of that. It's Montague, right? Yeah, the Montagues and the Capulets. Cool. Yeah. Should I edit this and clip it back into the... uh, the banter section yes totally (laughs) um dark dirty basement full of uh you know the upstairs basement yep dark dirty attic you get a prophecy (sighs) you get a prophecy nothing nothing earth shattering happens in the next chapter are you sure yeah i'm sure that's a spoiler chris I was expecting them to get, like, sucked into the earth on their way across the country. All right, Chris also has very specific instructions on this episode that he is not to make me laugh, um, because I am still recovering from a cold, which is why we're late on this episode. 
and uh, laughter tends to trigger a nice little coughing fit, and I don't want to have to edit all those out. Well, I'm usually not funny anyway, so it should be fun. All right, cool.